is Austin Channing Brown, holds a degree in business from North Park University and a master's degree in social justice from Mary Grove College in Detroit, Michigan. She's a new leading voice on the intersection of racial justice, faith, and black womanhood. Traveling and speaking to audiences like this one, as well as running workshops through her ACB Academy, which we're going to recommend at the end of this. Uh, where she has interviewed prominent voices such as Jen Hatmaker and Lecrae. Her best-selling book, I Am Still Here, Black Dignity in a World Made for Whiteness, received acclaim from a whole list of people, including but not limited to Publishers Weekly, Booklist, Religion News Services, On Being Relevant, WNYC, and even got a tweet from Chelsea Clinton and Brene Brown. <laughs> Austin is here in California, escaping the polar vortex of Grand Rapids, Michigan, to be with us here in California. Please, everybody, give a big welcome. Um, I just realized that I walked up here with my phone in my hand. Usually that would be in my back pocket, friends, but we've got lots of microphones happening today, so please know that I'm not on Twitter while I'm talking to you. It just happened to be in my hand. Um, so I was asked to start off this evening by talking about why I wrote I'm Still Here. And um, am I allowed to tell the truth, y'all? Can I be honest with you all tonight? Can we, can we just like go there? Is that all right? Will the truth set us free tonight? Okay, that was a little weak, but I'm gonna trust you. <laughs> um, I wrote this because I got fired from a predominantly white institution. And y'all, I thought I was the white culture whisperer. I thought I have been around white folks, I've been educated by white folks, I've lived near white folks, I have made it through college, I've got this. And I realized that there was a culture that was so strong that no matter how I tried to bend or shift, and certainly when I decided I was just gonna go ahead and be my very black self, that didn't work out very well for me. And everywhere I went, when I would visit other college campuses, when I would visit predominantly white but trying to be multicultural churches, that there was always like approximately three black women who were asking themselves, is it me? Have I lost my mind? I'm pretty sure this white woman has touched my hair three times. I know we have had this conversation. I know I'm not losing my mind. And I was determined to help make clear what white culture is. Because I wanted to affirm for primarily black women, but all people of color, that you're not losing your mind. You have been thrown into a very particular culture. Now let me tell you what that looks like. Let me, let me express why you feel the way that you feel. Because oftentimes white folks think that they are just normal. I didn't hear no amens on that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we was gonna tell the truth, y'all. Right? That white folks just think of themselves as normal. So they're not cultural, they're not ethnic, they're not, y'all, right? Y'all, not at me, okay? White folks ain't normal. <laughs> Thank you. 
Maybe I should have given this as a caveat, because see, this is sometimes what happens when we get in multicultural spaces. We deviate to whiteness, and often whiteness decides that the most appropriate thing to do when someone is speaking is be quiet. But this is not dominant culture. This is black culture happening right now. So when I say something, I want you to talk back to me. That's better. That's better, right? So my book is an attempt to say that black dignity is inherent. It doesn't need the approval of whiteness. It doesn't, it, it, and when I say blackness in this sense, I mean not white, okay? That all people of color have an inherent dignity. And we choose to either recognize that dignity or to attack that dignity. But those are the only two options. And when we do not analyze, interrogate, um, shift white culture, almost every time, it is in and of itself an attack on the dignity of people of color. Why? Because whiteness was formed in opposition to people of color. Y'all still with me? Once upon a time, y'all was French, y'all was German, y'all was Dutch, y'all was all kinds of stuff, right? And then we all got here to America, committed a little genocide, moved some folks off their land, decided we was gonna be the United States of America, hello somebody, <laughs> right? And instead of being all these ethnic people, we decided, well, let's be white, because if we're white, then we can create a narrative of superiority. Right? So we get genocide, we get Japanese internment, we get the Chinese Exclusion Act, we get slavery, we get Jim Crow, we get mass incarceration, we get redlining, we get, y'all still with me. But here's what happens. When we are talking about white, predominantly Christian spaces, we suddenly have this belief that Christ has like fixed everything. Christ and Martin Luther King Jr., of course, have, <laughs> <laughs> have fixed everything. And the evidence that there are any people of color among us must mean that we have achieved diversity and reconciliation. Am I telling the truth still? <clears throat> My book is No You Ain't but here's how you could, okay? No, you haven't. We're not there yet. Just because you got to your 20% and now you can finally call yourself a multicultural church does not mean that you have in fact achieved um, honoring, let me say honoring, celebrating the inherent dignity of the people of color in your midst. And I wrote a book because I wanted to say to people of color, you are not crazy. And to the white folks who want to be right, the white folks who want to do right, because there's a few of them, right? There's some white folks who want to get it right, right? For those who want to get it right, here's how white culture is showing up in your everyday life. This is why you can't see it, right? This, this, is, this, is, this is why. This is how it sounds. This is how it looks. Can I tell y'all that I love my little book? I love my little book. I really do. 
And I love it because black women come up to me and say, I laughed and I cried and I threw it across the room and then I picked it up and I laughed and I cried some more. And I have white mothers of black children who come up to me and say, oh, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know. And now I will be a better parent to my black children. Amen. Amen. I love my little book because things like this are happening. Moments like this, where we have decided we are not gonna stage some harmonious kumbaya kind of moment, that we gonna stand up here and we gonna tell the truth and we gonna ask some questions and then we all gonna hug and go home, right? But for a second, but for a second, we're gonna sit in a room and we're gonna decide to tell the truth about race in America. And I'm so thrilled that my book gets to be a part of all of your lives. That is amazing to me, that I sat in front of my computer, pregnant, trying to figure out where to put the laptop, <laughs> for months, trying to just not be sick and write a sentence. And now here I get to stand with all of you to talk about the inherent dignity of people of color. That is thrilling. So I want to say thank you for rescuing me from the polar vortex <laughs> and bringing me here so that we can talk about race. <laughs>